We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thursday, February 16th. Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. Uh, Alex, we are, we are on the eve of the All-Star break. As soon as tonight's three games finish up, we'll be officially there. I always feel bad for the teams that have to play on Thursday. Like Toronto, I, I don't There are a couple other teams. Like the Raptors played on Tuesday, and they their All-Star break just began. Like they, they did not play yesterday. They don't play tonight. Uh, but yes, our condolences go out to the Bucks and the Bulls, the Wizards and the Timberwolves, uh, and the Clippers and the Suns, especially, who play the late game tonight. Yeah, um, it is weird how much they you would you would think that if a team has a high chance of having an all star that the NBA would not bump their games up right against the uh, uh, right against the all star break. Like you would think they would let the Bucks have the one of the really long breaks. You would think. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume it gets made up for. Uh, you know, coming out like I know Toronto plays the first oh, day yeah. that that play resumes next week, so I, I think that is part of it. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like the the anticipation of getting to the All Star break is is bigger than coming back a day or two early. Uh, did you see the Lamelo clip last night? By the way, where like after the game, the the courtside uh, interview, uh, the lady's like, "Well, what are you, what are you gonna do with your nine days off?" And you could tell he was like, "What?" He he said he thought they only had four days off. <laughs> what? <laughs> he didn't know. Yeah, you could, and he was. I don't think he was joking around. Like you could see the shock in his face. Like, wait a second, really? I have nine days. That um, that's <laughs> ridiculous, man. He's he's a funny guy. I mean, like, the, you know, he he re-injured his ankle, I think, against Houston, like when he sprained it for the third time. Yeah, and the you know the Hornets are notoriously bad with like legit injury reporting. They'll just like list a guy doubtful for eight days, and um. Yeah, someone asked him, you know, they list him as questionable for the next game. And someone asked him, like, what his return to plan was. And he was like, it's in God's hands. I'm like, for an ankle sprain? Like, I thought, I'm like, oh, he's out for a month for sure. He came back like three days later. 
Oh, that's because God wanted him to come back three days later. <laughs> so, but I mean, pretty self-explanatory here, Alex. I think God healed the ankle and that was that. Um, like I said, we had an action pack Wednesday. That's how it always works. You know, they always stack this Wednesday night uh, heading into the break, 10 games last night. And you, know, you were on the Sirius XM show chatting hoops with us last night. And at the time you came on like midway through the early slate, we had like five games that were laughable blowouts and the Cavaliers came back, made it a game against the 76ers. Philly ended up winning that one at home, but they were up like 20 plus in the first half, ended up being a close one. Uh, Knicks and Celtics, they both cruise over the Hawks and Pistons, respectively. Uh, the Jazz made a big comeback in the second half to make it a game against Memphis. Uh, but man, the the Houston Rockets, Alex, 96 points in a loss to the Thunder. Jalen Green exited with a groin injury. They are still without Kevin Porter. Uh, they allow 133 to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who basically cruised their way uh, at the end of this one. OKC only scored 17 points in the fourth quarter and still got to 133. Uh, I, I don't really have a, a point here other than, <laughs> wow, the Rockets are really bad. They are horrible, man. I I can't believe that Steven Silas is, is still their coach other than the fact that I don't know if there's like a point in getting rid of them at any point this season, given how bad they were expected to be anyway. But I... I think they have to like, I, cause the thing is, I think all of us like a lot of the players on this roster individually, you know, like even Shangoon keeps getting praise from other NBA players. Um, I think we all believe in like Jalen green's upside. Tari Eason has been really strong for them as a part of a lot of their winning lineups. Um, I just, they're so incoherent when you watch them, they, they just try. <laughs> it's, it's hard to explain. You have to watch them to see how little they try. It's just the, the defensive intensity is not there. There's sort of like no game plan. It, it really just looks like a team of like, it just looks like pickup basketball. I'm worried even Tari Eason is getting like sucked into this. Uh, you know, both he and, and KJ Martin really did nothing last night. And I, I love Tari Eason. I, I think I only have him in one league. I, I tried to get him everywhere I could. And it felt like the, the, the cat was out of the bag with him early on. And in any competitive league, you know, you, you just weren't going to get him for free at the end of a draft. But I mean, his last seven games, he's down to eight points a game, four rebounds, not even one assist, uh, you know, combined 0.9 steals and blocks per game. Uh, so it's been pretty ugly. The minutes haven't really been there. And, right. you know, he's, he, since Eric Gordon was traded, you know, he's played 19, 21 and 19 minutes. Like I, I was expecting close to 30 a, a game and that's without Kevin Porter. And that's with Jalen green missing half of last night's game. Um, so yeah, I, I, the, the Rockets are a team I'm, I'm very concerned about. If you just look at the box score, last night and it, look I know they almost lost by 40 so it's, it's maybe not the most representative sample but this is also not totally out of the ordinary for the Rockets like they're they're going to get blown out on a lot of nights like they played well, almost 15 guys you know they had like 12 guys right. play double digit minutes that is a nightmare for fantasy I also don't really understand like <laughs> clearly their starters are so bad it's not like they're going to accidentally fall into wins if they play Jalen Green 36 minutes give them the experience right. I, I just don't know, man. This team is just sad. I um you know the 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 Eric Gordon trade, I was a little more hesitant about Tate because they don't play the same position really. And I think the main issue is that Eason is behind he's essentially behind Jabari Smith. Not that Jabari Smith has been that good, but obviously it just makes more sense to give him minutes. And KJ Martin, KJ Martin looks great. So yeah, it's just hard for Eason to find those minutes. I they should probably just play him at, you know, backup center. I don't know why they're bothering with like Garuba or Kaminsky or why they gave Boban seven minutes. 
Yeah, look, man, I, the Boban minutes, I can't, I can't speak on that. Why did Frank Kaminsky play 13 minutes off the bench? Um, you know, they're, they're pulling out guys that like, I don't even know. Darius Days played 17 right. minutes in this game. Um, yeah, it, it hasn't been good, man. I, I, I was kind of sneakily stashing guys like Ty Ty Washington and Josh Christopher in some leagues as well, thinking that maybe they might take a step forward, especially with Kevin Porter injured. And it has not been the case at all. Like, it, it's just a, a nightmare situation. And even Shangoon was bad last night. Um, you know, Jabari Smith actually has played pretty well over his last four. Um, one of the better stretches of the year for him, but yeah, it's, it's been really, really ugly. No more Rockets talk. Uh, I want to get to the nets where we saw McCall bridges have a career game yeah. last night. And I, I did not think McCall bridges had this kind of upside. And if you go back and, and watch the highlights, you know, it's not like he's, you know, going James Harden mode here, just like breaking guys down one-on-one, but 17 of 24 from the field, Four of six from three, seven of seven at the line, 45 points, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals, two blocks. I mean, this is this is what you want from him if you're I mean, first of all, I agree with you because there are a lot of situations where, you know, Devin Booker was out for the Suns and Chris Paul was out, and Bridges stepped up a little bit. Um, but even even during that stretch where Booker missed Booker missed a long stretch. What was it like a month, month and a half? Um you know, Bridges was only averaging like 18 a game during that stretch with a few assists. It wasn't like he was doing 25 every night. So I, I was a little hesitant as well. But if you're the Nets and, and you're Jock Vaughn, obviously, like it's going to take a little time to sort of ease into stuff. What roles do we do we give everyone? But the, he is he's the best player on the team, right? So you want to put him in situations to, to succeed, whether or not you want to keep him long term whether you're trying to flip him in the offseason like it just it's it's fair like you as a franchise it's smart and it's fair to him to just be like hey man this is a really this is the best opportunity for your career see what you can do like take 20 shots and see what you can put together and like he took a lot of mid-rangers like you know he was kind of like hesitation crossover into mid-rangers little DeRozan-esque I mean he has the long arms he can sort of just uh, shoot over people so I mean, I'm really interested to see what he's able to do going down the stretch, especially since he has so much defensive upside as well. Yeah, this game alone kind of reframed things for me, and I'll be very interested to see how willing he is to operate in this type of role going forward. Like, obviously, chances are he's not scoring 45 again the rest of the way, but like, can he average 25 to 27 points over the last 25 games of the year? Like, that seems... Seems doable. Like when when Booker was out, you know, he was he was basically in the low twenties, uh, and he's in a completely different situation now. This was far and away his highest usage game of the year, almost a forty two percent usage rate. Uh, previous high was was thirty four uh, in a game for Phoenix earlier this season. But uh, two of his top seven games in terms of usage rate have come in the last week with Brooklyn. So something to monitor there for sure. Uh, Cam Thomas twenty one minutes off the bench, nineteen points in those twenty one minutes. Uh, not not really seeing the the uptick that that we would hope, but obviously this team is super deep uh, on the wing. You know they they didn't really make any moves to offload any of that depth at the deadline. So I think that's just kind of going to be how it is for Cam Thomas the rest of the way. What are we doing with Ben Simmons here, Alex? Like is, is Ben Simmons a drop in in most roto leagues? I think he's a drop. I I had to go through and adjust his projections yesterday. And, what, what a sad um, process. It really was. I was like, you know, I, <laughs> you saw, I mean, like people, through, through who, people, tears. people who are listening don't really under like 
the process we have to go through adjusting the totals, but I think I projected him for like seven made free throws the rest of the year. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it if that, be high. I, it might be high. So yeah, I think he's a drop. I mean, listen, there's, he's got every opportunity in the world right now. And they, he, he's playing between 15 and 20 minutes, each of these games. And it's just, he committed five fouls in 20 minutes last night. And he's trying to foul himself out of games. He might be actually. Yeah. And so I know it, it probably hurts to drop him at this point in the year, because chances are, if you have him on your team, you probably drafted him like 60th. But again, that's the spot where you had to understand the risk anyway. So, you know, again, again at this point in the year, like dropping, dropping players right now is easier, I think, than any other point in the year because of all these new role changes and, and the tanking and rest days are going to start. And you're going to have a lot of opportunities to just stream in random guys who are going to just produce more than Ben Simmons throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, if, if we were in like the second week of the year, I would say, you know, hang on to him. He'll, maybe he'll right. work his way through this, but you don't really have the time to do that anymore. No, like if you're in first or something, I don't, you know, want, fine, hang on to him. But if you're if you're trying to make any sort of waves whatsoever to climb up the standings, you have to just start making, like, I think you have to drop Zion. You have to drop, mm-hmm. you may have to drop Cat. And you got to drop Simmons. Like these guys, you just, you just, at some point in the fantasy season late in the year, you just need guys who are available and will play on like four game weeks. And you got to be really active just streaming guys in. Anybody who's in a league with me, you should drop Nicole Jokic as well uh, and allow <laughs> me to pick him up. I, I, I think something might be coming. I don't know. You just can't really rely on him. So if you wouldn't mind dropping him, that would be great. Right. Uh, Simmons is still rostered in over 70% of Yahoo leagues right now. I would guess that after the break, that number dips well under 50%. I I assume so. Yeah, that, that would not be so I think after this week alone. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Chase Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, Hornet Spurs last night, really only of interest to Victor Wembanyama and fantasy sicko guys like us. Uh, Zach Collins going off 14 and 12 with five assists. Mark Williams, 12 points, 10 rebounds, four blocks. These were basically one and two in terms of the biggest winners at the deadline. But I, I think there are other players on, on both of these teams, specifically the Spurs, who we need to keep an eye on here. And I, I think San Antonio is going to be really frustrating night to night because there's, there's going to be guys who like Devonte Graham comes in and has like the best game of his career and then hasn't come anywhere close to matching that. And the minutes are going to be all over the place, but Malachi Branham, 23 points. He's a rookie out of Ohio state, been in the mix for a while, but, but yeah, really you know, seeing a little bit more time of late uh, Charles Bassey, who had a really weird game last night, two, two of 10 from the field for a center. Uh, but had 11 yeah. rebounds and two blocks. Um, even even backing up Zach Collins in limited minutes, like there's there's going to be some rebounds and blocks upside there. Yes, I mean they just guaranteed Bassey's contract, which I've been saying all year. Like, I think he's a guy who may see minutes down the stretch, but we have to just wait until they guarantee his deal or convert him from a two way, I should say. And um, yeah, Collins, man. I mean, he's you know like he gets in foul trouble sometimes. So yeah, Bassey could have his big games. They they like to use him sort of like an offensive hub in sort of the, the high post. Um, you know, they run a lot of like cuts off of his passes. It's a little like not quite. So there's some Sabonis, some Draymond type stuff that they're doing with Collins. Um, but yeah, we have like Malachi Branham, who's continued to play really well. I, I can't say I was like a believer, but he's continuing to put together these impressive games. Now, it's important to keep in mind that, you know, Romeo Langford is out. So who knows when he comes back? I, I would be shocked if Devin Vassell comes back at any point. Um, Sohan had a bad game here, but in general, he's looked um, a lot better. 
yeah, he's, he's much more consistent than he has been early in the year, um, which, you know, still not all that consistent, but it was, you know, wild swings night to night through the first few months. Uh, I want to go to the Knicks here who continue to play well. They beat the Nets earlier this week, big win, uh, blowout fashion, win by 21 last night over the Atlanta Hawks. And, uh, you know, Jalen Brunson just continues to light it up night to night. Julius Randle doing what he does. Um, you know, RJ Barrett is kind of working against this team every night, it feels like. But Josh Hart has been a perfect addition so far. Uh, 13 points last night. It's three three-pointers. The the three-point shot had completely abandoned him, essentially, by, by the end of his time in Portland. But he's got multiple threes now in all three games with the Knicks. And again, this just this feels like a really, really good fit. And it is kind of coming at the expense of Quentin Grimes, who is still starting for now. Uh, didn't really do much. Played 24 minutes last night. I think that could change at some point, but I, I really like the direction of this Knicks team. Like I, they're, they're not a title contender. They're still ultimately going to be kind of scuffling around in that middle, but really, really fun team. They are. Yeah. I mean, they've put together, you know, we were talking before the deadline. I thought they should make a move for Ananobi, but the making a move for Josh Hart, I, I like it as well. I mean, you're, you're just getting guys in your rotation that, you know, are quality NBA players, high IQ and they'll try hard, which of course, I mean, that's Tom Thibodeau, like Tom, you know, Thibodeau loves that. Um, and they're missing Mitchell Robinson as well. Like Robinson is going to come back at some point, I think in March, if I'm not mistaken, or, or late February. And then this team will get really, really interesting. I don't know if they'll necessarily be making any noise in the playoffs, but they have a legit like seven man, eight man rotation that they can use in the playoffs. That's just a, a lot of quality guys. Yeah, I mean, it starts with Brunson taking that big step forward. I mean, he has just been ridiculously good. Uh, Julius Randle, by the way, it looks like is going to be in the three-point contest, taking the spot of (laughs) Anthony Simons. So uh, best of luck there to Julius. But no, you're right. I mean, defensively, this team has not even been that good. Like, they were were great last night. But uh, basically, since Robinson went out, they immediately became a bottom 5-10 to defense. So I, I think once he's back... Yeah, I mean, you can basically roll out like a top eight or nine of Robinson, Randall, Brunson, Barrett, Grimes, Hartenstein, Josh Hart, Emmanuel quickly. Like that is that's the top eight. Yeah, it really is. And obviously you're missing the you're missing the like peak superstar talent that would really push this team over the top. But considering where they were in August when we were laughing at them for overpaying Jalen Brunson and missing out on Donovan Mitchell, like it for once, it feels like this has actually worked out for the Knicks. It does. Yeah, they've sort of built like the ultimate like uh, fantasy like auction league team where none of your guys are that great, but you just no matter if someone gets hurt, there's always someone for a fill in, and some you know the total parts kind of add up greater than the individual players. But it's tough to say because yeah, they've suddenly become like like you mentioned, if Jalen Brunson is your best player, how far are you realistically going in the playoffs? On the other hand, if you know some combination of Josh Hart. RJ Barrett is like your fourth best player. You're in a pretty good spot. So um, yeah, they've, I, I hate to say it, but I've liked what the Knicks have done. All right. With the trade deadline in the rear view, the back half of the NBA season is upon us. And unfortunately your fantasy team looks like it might be tanking for Victor Wembanyama. Uh, we got your plan B right here. It's called swagger. Swagger is daily fantasy for all fan kind. Swagger is the most player-friendly DFS site in the game, created for sports fans who simply want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Here's how it works. Pick two to 10 player props and score points for the picks you get right. 
win a cash prize based on your score, not the perfect ticket. I repeat, you don't need a perfect ticket to win. Even if you get one or two or sometimes half of your ticket wrong, you could still walk away with cash in your bankroll. Swagger has payouts up to 50X and sometimes even higher, depending on your picks. With hundreds of props for you to play, you can build any ticket with any number of players across multiple sports. Play NBA props along with NFL, MLB, NHL, all the top soccer leagues, golf, tennis, motorsports, whatever tickles your fancy. Swagger's got it available. Ready to play? Go to playwithswagger.com to sign up and choose promo code ROTOWIRE10. That's ROTOWIRE10, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E-10. From the dropdown, Swagger will drop a free $10 into your account to get started. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. Swagger, it's daily fantasy for all fankind. All right, let's get to uh, our, our activity for this portion of the pod, Alex. I, I want to do a draft of teams that we think will win the title. So we'll go back and forth. We'll each pick a team. And obviously, once that team is selected, the other person cannot select that team. Um, it's the NBA. So we, we know there are only a handful of teams that can win the title, although it does feel a little more open than ever this season. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll do it this way. Uh, once we kind of get beyond the core title contenders, your, your overall goal here is pick the team that you think will win the most playoff games. So we'll, we'll look back on this in late June and we'll tally up all the wins uh, from the teams that we picked and that will determine the winner. So there's absolutely nothing on the line. I want to be clear about that. The stakes could not be lower, uh, but I, th- I think it'll be a fun exercise to kind of force ourselves to rank the title contenders. So let's do, let's do six teams per guy and I will give you the number one overall pick. Wow. Thank you. Um, yeah, you bet. I am. Uh, I'm debating right off the bat between um, the Celtics and the, the and the Suns. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna take the Suns. Screw it. <laughs> um, I think we so we talked about this on the XM show yesterday. How you know? I think when you're evaluating title contenders, you have to sort of look at. I don't think depth as matter matters as much as where do certain players rank on sort of like the, the proverbial totem pole of, of the, of the offense or where they rank in the, the hierarchy and how much proven playoff experience do they have? And so like, if you think about a team like Dallas, for example, yes, like Kyrie and you know, Kyrie's your second best player. That's a really good spot. Kyrie and Luca are both really proven players. On the other hand, Christian Woods, your third best player, and he's proven absolutely nothing in the playoffs. That's a serious problem. You you contrast that with a team like the Suns, who now their third best player is Chris Paul, which is ridiculous. Obviously, an extremely proven playoff guy. Above him is Devin Booker, who's now your second best player. Again, ridiculous. Then we all know about KD. DeAndre Ayton being your fourth best player, that's an amazing spot to be in. So not only do they have a, a sort of hierarchy that makes a ton of sense, and some of these guys might be overqualified, um, all these guys are super proven in the playoffs. And, you know, they, they got Terrence Ross in the buyout market. And I don't, I don't actually mind their depth. I think some people, you know, I've heard people criticize their depth, and I initially criticized their depth. But Cameron Payne's going to come back eventually. He's a spark plug for them. Torrey Craig is pretty, like, he's just a really strong defender. And what do you even really need out of that spot at this point? You get TJ Warren as well, very sneakily in this deal. Um, I think they're legit, man. I, I, I 
it's just I, I'm picking them to win the title in this exercise. Uh, adding Kevin Durant to Chris Paul and Devin Booker is pretty good. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah. I, I have no real complaints there. I, um, I, you know, I, I asked you on the show last night, like, you know, are we underrating the Denver Nuggets? Like, are we, are we just kind of kicking them aside now that Kevin Durant's in, in Phoenix? And I, I think it's a fair question because Denver has the best player in the NBA. Uh, but, you know, I, I, it almost feels like when, when you ask that question, you're like underrating Kevin Durant, like, in, and he's been injured so that this tends to happen even with superstars when they're hurt. You, you kind of, it's been a while since we've seen him. You know, it's been a while since he's had a, a crazy 45 point night. Uh, Kevin Durant is still extremely, extremely good. And so is Devin Booker. So is Chris Paul when he's healthy. So is DeAndre Ayton. Like I, you're right. Overall, I mean, the, the Nuggets, I, I think if, if they play a seven game series and I hope we get Denver Phoenix in, in the West finals, I think that could go six games. It could go seven, but I'm not, I'm not picking against KD. He, he's still, he's still that guy at this point in his career. I, I don't think things have really diminished at all. So, okay. You're going Suns. I, that means I basically have to go Bucks or Celtics here with my first pick. I'm going Bucks. I'm going Bucks. Uh, yes, I'm yeah. sitting here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, so <laughs> you know, take that for what it's worth. But I, I think Milwaukee, when fully healthy, is, is the slightly better team. I, I think they're they're very close to evenly matched. I think I think Boston's top seven or eight is slightly better just because getting someone like Malcolm Brogdon for free is just a a massive massive luxury. Uh, obviously, Derek White has played well of late, so th- they have the advantage at like the four through seven spots, you know, where it's like Derek white versus Grayson Allen or Malcolm Brogdon right. versus Pat Connaughton and Joe Ingles. Like, you know, obviously advantage Boston, but the bucks have the best overall player. And again, I keep coming back to the fact that I, I think the bucks were going to beat the Celtics had Chris Middleton been healthy last season. So I will take the bucks with my first pick. Where are you going with your second pick? Uh, you don't, you don't want to do this a snake format. <laughs> Uh, no, no, we can just go every other. That's fine. I think with, with only two guys, I, I don't love doing snake. Okay. Uh, well, I'm just going the Celtics then. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that goes without saying, I mean, you sort of, you sort of laid out the argument for them. They were just in the finals last year. Tatum looks amazing. They're super well coached. Um, they just finalized Joe Missoula as their head coach instead of an interim. So that was, that was kind of a bizarre headline. Yeah, good, good I, I woke him. up to that head. Yeah, I woke up to that headline. Joe Mazzulla named Celtics head coach. I was like, what, what the hell are you talking about? Um, <laughs> doing the best, one of the best coaching jobs in the NBA and only is now yeah. named head coach. But um, yeah, you mentioned they got Brogdon for free and Hausers look good and their center rotation is, is quality. I mean, um, they're just, again, you laid it out. Yeah, not a whole lot else to say there. I think those are the big three that you have to go with no matter what. And, you know, really, I, I think it's debatable here with the fourth pick, but I still feel like I need to go Nuggets, and I don't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, I would consider the Clippers. I would consider the 76ers. You could talk me into the Grizzlies, the Warriors, the Cavs here, but I think Denver, to me, is that safest pick. Um, you know, even if you just want to talk, like, seeding-wise, you know, they'll, they will likely be the number one seed. They have, they have enough of a cushion right now with not that many more games to play after the break that um, they, they should have an advantageous matchup in round one. Although it, it's going to get a little dicey, like depending on what happens with teams like Dallas, New Orleans, Golden State, like there's a there's a relatively high chance that the Nuggets are playing one of those teams in round one. Those are the seven, eight, nine right now. Um, you know, if Dallas kind of scuffles, scuffles around, like suddenly you don't really want, if you're the one seed, you, you do not want to be playing Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving as an eight seed. I'll tell you that. Uh, and the Pelicans, you know, that could be a team that, 
struggles for a little bit and then all of a sudden gets Zion back with 10 games left in the regular season and is a, a completely different animal in the playoffs. And same kind of goes for Golden State with Stephen Curry. So it, getting that one seed, it's an advantage for sure. But I, I almost feel like if you're if you're the Nuggets and you could say, all right, I'll give you any of the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Mavericks, or the Pelicans, I think you'd rather play the Kings or the Timberwolves, even though they're higher in the standings. I agree. I agree. It's not it's not as big of an advantage as being the number one seed or even the number two seed in, in the East, where you may end up playing Washington or Atlanta or someone like that. Um, for my next pick, I'm going with the 76ers, who uh, you also asked me about on, on the XM show. And I just, again, to me, they feel a little bit, I don't want to say they feel like the Suns. That's the wrong way to put it. But just in the sense of like, if you start going down the hierarchy of, hey, James Harden's your second best player. Uh, obviously, that's an amazing spot to be in. Embiid is having the best season of his career. Um, I feel like he's kind of fallen out of the MVP discussion, which I don't think is fair. Um, you know, less pressure being on Harden in the playoffs is good. Maxi, you know, has, has been moved to the bench, which I actually think is probably best for him in terms of they just need some scoring punch off the bench and they have melting in the starting five, you know, hounding the other team's best guard defender. I think just theoretically that makes sense, but I like him as your third best guy and Tobias Harris as your fourth. And, you know, I think there are some, there are other guys on this roster who I have questions about in the playoffs, you know, like how, how much are you realistically trusting like shake Milton or Niang, but I liked what they did at the deadline getting Jalen McDaniels. I think that that was pretty savvy of them. And, um, you know, I think they're just they're ultimately they're too talented for me to just rule out or um, mm -hmm. not pick at, at this point in the in the draft. Is there any concern when you're going Philly uh, over over any of the other Western Conference teams that they might have the toughest path in terms of having Boston and Milwaukee? Like you're, you're, you're not avoiding both of those teams in all likelihood. Um, I, I mean, yes. But if you, I mean, if if I'm picking Memphis, they have to, at some point, they're going to have to probably get through the Suns or the Nuggets. And if I, if I, the thing is, if I'm picking the Suns to essentially win the title, then in theory, the East has an easier path. I don't know if, you know, you know what I mean, but, um, uh, I mean, I, I think they have enough, enough talent to get through those guys that the, the East like that doesn't concern me as much, I guess. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So the. Suns, Bucks, Celtics, Nuggets, and 76ers are off the board. I, I feel like I can't go Eastern Conference here. I am going to go with... I'm going to go with the Clippers. Wow, do I not feel good about this. But I am going to go with the <laughs> loaded LA Clippers, who might be adding Russell Westbrook later this week. Oh, which yeah, they might. The, I, I, I know you keep the, you keep the Shams, Woj, Chris Haynes uh, alerts up on your phone, as I do. What a PR campaign it has been for Russell Westbrook. I mean, it's funny because if, if you look like, if you really read into it, it's like, yeah, there might not be a, a home for Russell Westbrook. Like there's clearly not that much interest in Russell Westbrook because it's been a week and he has not signed with anybody. Uh, and yet, you know, Woj and, and Shams are making it seem like, you know, half the league is lining up to sign Russell Westbrook. Like, I, I think the Clippers bringing him in would be borderline disastrous. Like him going to the, a team yeah. like the Bulls, or even the heat, I would be like, yeah, I mean, it's like, what else do the bulls have going on? You might as well try it. It's like you're, you're six right. games under 500. Can't really get worse. Miami, you got injuries. Like the Kyle Lowry situation, situation is kind of weird. Um, maybe you just need that depth. Like I could understand it. 
why would this make any sense for the Clippers? And uh, again, this is this discussion started with me picking the Clippers to potentially win the finals. I want to be clear about that. But if they add Russell Westbrook, I, I that is that is making me feel worse about this. Like especially after bringing in so much depth at the deadline. Like why do you need to bring in a fourth player who you're then obligated to play like at least twenty minutes a night? Like it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I get you know you can always cut him if it doesn't work out, but I still think even introducing that into your your team is weird, especially since they, I mean, they're obsessed with Terrence, man. Like they bear, like all these deals at the deadline that they could have, you know, did to really upgrade their team beyond what they did. It's like, well, we can't trade Terrence, man. So you're going to bring in Russell Westbrook and then cut Terrence, man off at the knees. Like, like what? Um, so I'm with you. It, it feels so much more like a bulls move to me. And I feel like I've been, I've been saying that for a while. Like that's, the, that is the exact team that, Give Westbrook a chance, uh, but as far as the the Clippers title odds, um, you know I liked what they did at the deadline, and you know I was watching. I can't remember who they were playing the other night, but it was it was either you know I was they had Mason Plumley on the floor, and it sort of made me realize, you know, part of the issue with this team is they didn't have like a real great traditional point guard and. Kawhi and Paul George for as good as they are, they're not necessarily like, Hey, give the ball to these guys and have them cross somebody up and drive into the lane. They're not like driving kick guys necessarily. Like they're, you know, they don't have these like insane dribble packages. So adding Plumlee, I think is actually really was really smart for them because they can do those sort of like dribble handoffs. And that I think is much better for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard than having them have to have the ball in their hands in a lot of those situations. So I think that move will end up being super underrated for them. But yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're comparing them to, you know, at this point, if you're picking a Western Conference team, the Warriors, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, like, I don't blame you for, for sort of yeah. trusting their their overall talent and their coaching because Ty Lue is an amazing coach. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just the, you know, the full strength Kawhi Paul George argument that we're going on like three years now of well, you know, if it happens, they could be the best team. And look, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I think they also have the highest upside of the teams remaining. Like I, I trust them more than I trust Memphis. I, I trust them more than a team like Sacramento. Uh, I did consider golden state there. It'd be interesting to see where they go off. But uh, the, the other thing with the Clippers is even if they don't add Russell Westbrook, like they already have by my count, 11 guys who expect to play. And Westbrook would of course add to that. Like he's not, yeah. we, we've seen that any, everywhere he's gone. It's like, he needs to play. Like he will not accept uh, you know, a reduced role. It, was, it took like two years just to talk him into playing 30 minutes off the bench. Like, I, I just think that would add way too many guys uh, to a rotation that was already deep. So, you know, once you get into the playoffs, like you're not going to play more than eight or nine guys anyway. I, I think it just leads to like potential issues in the locker room where you got guys who thought they were coming into the year, going to play 25 to 30 minutes. And all of a sudden you're out of the rotation in the playoffs. Like they just, there's such thing as having too many guys. And I, I think they're right on the borderline. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. My next team, this is hard. I feel like after this point, it's I could just sort of see anything happening. And like my gut wants me to pick the Warriors, but I, I also just like don't believe in them. But the question is, do I not believe in them more than the, the Mavericks or the Grizzlies <laughs> or, or the Cavaliers? And I like the Cavs. Um I don't know, man. I um Ma magic are I'm still gonna, out there. Yeah, the magic, the blazers. I'm just gonna pick the Warriors. 
even though I basically wrote them off on the XM show. And I'm, I, again, I just don't, I don't believe in any of these teams really. So, um, I think they all have significant flaws and I, I just, you know, I, this, for me, this is just leaning on these like starting lineup numbers for the, for the, for the Warriors, which is like still the best five man lineup in the NBA. Basically that's really about it. And, um, you know, DiVincenzo has been better and Kaminga and stuff like that, but I, I just, I don't feel good about it. I wouldn't feel good about picking any other of these teams too. Cause I'm not, I'm not like a big Grizzlies guy or, you know, I'm, I'm worried you know, the Mavericks have like zero depth. Um, so I'm just going by the, the Warriors kind of by default here and on reputation. I get the sense that we're on the same page with a lot of these teams. Where are we drawing the line where we would say, okay, I am very confident that one of these number of teams is winning the finals. Like, is it Suns, Celtics, Bucks, Nuggets, Sixers? Like, is, is that where you end it? Like, are the Sixers even in that category? Uh, I think the Sixers are. I, I, I think, to me, they just have too much talent not to be in that discussion. As much as people want to kind of say James Harden is, is not worthy of being an all-star, which to me is ridiculous. I think they just have too much talent and um, yeah, as much as I want to write off the Clippers, I kind of can't. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's those, like, I think it's that, that six team group, Celtics, Suns, Bucks, Nuggets, Clippers, 76ers. And after that, I, I just, none of it feels like I just would not bet, you know, like there are, um, you know, there are, there are bets you would make for like a small amount of money bets you would make for, you know, like there are $10 bets, $100 bets, $1,000 bets. I would not bet more than $10 on like the Warriors, Mavericks, Clippers, Cavaliers team. No. Well, luckily you're getting decent odds. So you don't feel like you have to bet too much more. I, I will tell you, I'm deciding here between the Cavaliers and the Dallas Mavericks with my next pick. I'm going to go Dallas. I'm going to go Dallas. I, I love the Cavs. I hope I can get them with my next one. I, I tip my hand a little <laughs> bit here. Um, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Well, there, but... there, are no, there are like no other choices, by the way. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Memphis. Or Cavs. Yeah, I, I, I think it's Memphis would be two. the other one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I, I view those teams pretty equally, uh, to be honest. The the Grizzlies and the Cavs. So I, I know I'll get one of those coming back. I I want the Mavs here. And look, I I don't I don't love this team. I worry long term about the the ramifications of bringing in Kyrie. I, I think that was a a hasty move to say the least. But I, I also think that there is some real upside here. Obviously on offense. I mean, they've they've lost three in a row. So it's not like it's just been fantastic. Uh, but we also saw this team in the Western Conference Finals last year with Luka kind of playing by himself. So I, I think if you follow that blueprint and they were able to get there with Luka just being himself, I, I think he's that guy. Like we could kind of count on that going forward. I mean, he's he's just that good. And I think giving him Kyrie uh, as, a, as a safety valve, as a co-star, I think only only raises their ceiling offensively now. Obviously, this roster has a ton of holes. I, I don't love the role players. You know, defensively, they're going to struggle. I don't think they match up well with a team like Phoenix, especially. But um, I don't know. We've we've kind of seen the the hero ball thing work for this team about as well as any team. So you know, with my with my fourth overall pick and the eighth overall team, I'm, I'm relatively happy to get the Mavs here. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point in the in the draft, you can really just start thinking about who are. If I'm picking this team, what are the odds that this player has the this team has the best player in any given series? 
And if you're talking about Dallas, then yes, right. Luca being in any series, there's a really strong chance he's the best player. Now, in the West, that's still tough because you could still make an argument for like KD and I think Jokic being better. But again, you got him with the eight, you got Dallas with the eighth pick. So, um, and I I don't think their lack of depth is going to matter as much in the playoffs. Um, right. Christian Wood as your third option is I'm still that makes me really worried. But you know, I don't mind having like Tim Hardaway as like your fifth guy. They're just a little inexperienced guys I don't trust. But again, what do you I mean, you gotta think about how far yeah. we are in this draft. I'm very anti Christian uh, Wood. I'm worried about this too. I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I don't know what they do. Um unfortunately I am gonna steal your pick. Um, not that there were too many other options, but sort of based on that logic of who, yeah, who's the best player in, in the series. And I think Donovan Mitchell has, has proven that, um, he is someone that is capable of being the most impactful player in a playoff series. And even, I think he might be like, if you, I think Donovan Mitchell versus John Morant, I think there are people, a lot of people would say John Morant's a better player. I don't. I don't agree. I think Donovan Mitchell is d- decisively better than John Morant. So um, that's ultimately why I'm going with the Cavaliers. And I just think your your sort of your other backcourt option and Darius Garland is obviously he's really good. The Mobley Allen front line, even though that floor spacing isn't good, it hasn't mattered all year. Their defense is going to be amazing. And obviously defense matters a ton in the playoffs. And people are worried about their small forward spot. I feel like I'm I'm less concerned than other people because I think they just have so many different options there that they'll just, and even if it's a game to game difference, like JB Bickerstaff, just being able to be like, well, we need, we need some scoring punch. Let's throw Levert in there. Or, Hey, we really need some defense because we're going against this specific matchup, a Coro. We need some size and some shooting. Yeah. Let's go with Dean Wade or, or Osman or whatever. So um, I'm not as worried about that particular spot as other people. And um, I just, more than anything, I believe in Donovan Mitchell as a player, and I believe in their defense. All very good points. Not going to fight you on any of those. I, I like the Cavs a lot. I I just think they're a year or two away, or they're also just never going to quite be on the same level as teams like Boston and Milwaukee. Um, like Those are just really high mountains to climb when you're talking about going up against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or, or Giannis. But I, I think Cleveland is uniquely constructed – to give Milwaukee some problems. Um, you know, I mean, their top four is, is as good as any top four in the East. And they don't, again, they're yeah. kind of like the Knicks. They're like a supercharged version of that where they, you know, they at least have Donovan Mitchell, who is a, you know, a markedly better player than anybody on the Knicks, but he's also not on the level of Giannis or Tatum. So you, you kind of have to discount that. But I mean, the combination of Garland, Mitchell, Allen, Mobley is really, really strong. So yeah, they're, they're going to be in the mix. I, I like that pick a lot. Uh, really good value with the ninth overall team. I'm going to take Memphis at number 10 overall. You know, they're number two in the West. So I think there's a case to be made that value-wise, you know, this is maybe my my favorite pick in the draft. But as you can tell by the fact that I waited to pick them until 10th, like I, I still don't really trust this team. I don't quite trust John Morant. And you know, we, you and I have talked so many times about like, why don't we trust this guy? Because like the numbers are good. Like the, you know, the clutch numbers are good. The percentages are, are really efficient for, for the type of play style that he uses. But I don't know. Like there's, there's just something missing to be upside wise with this team. And I, I don't love that they were so quiet at the deadline. 
you know, I, I, I bringing in Luke Kennard like that, that, that was your big piece to compete with the Suns and the Nuggets. Like I, I just didn't, I don't think that's enough. Um, you know, getting Steven Adams back after the break, that'll be huge. Obviously Jaron Jackson's been fantastic. Uh, you know, went healthy Desmond Bain has been great, but they're also, you know, deeply committed to some role players who I, I just don't really love that much. Like they, they have, they have like similar role players to the Mavericks. You know, it's like, is, yes. Should we be paying? You brought this up to me earlier. It's like, should we be paying Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark, $85 million? Yeah. Like Brandon Clark, is that, is that like their Dwight Powell? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. I actually think they're really missing the the presence of Steven Adams right now. Um, Whether you think that's a good or bad, (laughs) it's kind of up to interpretation, but yeah, I agree. Their bench is not good. I like you're, you're leaning so heavily on like John Conchar and, and Kennard and Aldama and Clark. And last year, you know, those spots were like, I don't mind, you know, Tyus Jones, like, He's not, he's having a fine year again. Like I'm okay again. He's, but he's also your backup point guard. So like a playoff series, he's playing what, like in hopefully like 12 minutes a game. Um, And, you know, you got rid of Kyle Anderson and you got rid of DeAnthony Melton who are both, (laughs) who are both not playing like very crucial roles on teams that are trying to make the playoffs again. Um, And you kind of replace them with like nothing. I, you know, as far as Morant goes, I mean, he was excellent last year in the playoffs. Um, I think I just continue to have concerns about his defense where you can just sort of target him and it's going to create issues. Um, but, you know, so either how, depending on how you feel about it, either Desmond Bang or Jaron Jackson is your third best player. I think that's a solid spot to be in. Dylan Brooks is a complete wild card and, you know, um, I just don't, I think they're sort of locked into what they can do, right? Like, I don't think they have too many options or too many different looks they can go to. If what they have just isn't working in a playoff series, like if the matchup is bad, I think they're kind of dead in the water. Yeah, I think that's all fair. And, you know, they're one of those teams when you say like, well, you know, the the rotations will be condensed in the playoffs. Like that doesn't really make me feel all that much better about them because you're still going to have to rely on a lot of those names that you mentioned. Like, again, I think they would have been well-suited to uh, – do something to, to go a little more all in. And I, I'm not saying you got to give up, you know, the farm for, for OG and Anobi, but again, I don't think, I don't think Luke Kennard is really moving the needle for me, especially when you have other teams, uh, you know, like Phoenix making big moves. All right. So we, we each have five teams. Now you have the Suns, Celtics, Sixers, Warriors, and Cavs, a very strong five. If I do say so myself, I have the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Mavs, and the Grizzlies. Uh, this is where it's going to get fun. Like this is kind of, yeah. you don't have license to basically just take like a wild card team with your final pick. Well, uh, to me, this is between the Lakers and the Pelicans. And I will take, the... <laughs> I don't know if I don't should take it. the Pelicans to don't give you it. the Lakers or I should take the Lakers. I'm not, to taking, save I'm not you. taking the Lakers. You're not, you're not taking the Lakers. <laughs> They're not even on my board. Absolutely not. Oh man, um, I'm gonna take the Pelicans. Um, you know, I've been uh, I've been kind of beating the drum for the Pelicans all season. Even before the season started, they were my, they were one of my best bets for their over, and one of the best bets for sneaky title contention. Although that that over is looking uh, not that might not work out uh, because of Zion's injury. So to me, this is to me this is just a bet on 
Zion coming back in March and being 100% by the time the playoffs start. And then you have you have a really good team. Like they 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 have 100% proven that they are a really really good team when all their guys are healthy. It just comes down to Zion at this point because you know, Zion Ingram McCollum Valen Shunis, that's a really nice four. And then you've got Trey Murphy and Herb Jones on the wing. Najee Marshall's giving you stuff. You grab Josh Richardson, which is fine. Alvarado's bothering people. Um, you know, Nance, and, and Nance has his moments. If I'm just shooting for pure upside, I, ju- I just like what they have. They're really versatile. Yeah, the, the problem to me with the teams at the bottom of the West is you're probably playing Denver, or potentially Phoenix when it's all said and done yeah. in round one. And that that's the main thing that keeps me away from the Lakers who, by the way, like the Lakers, I, I think played arguably their best game of the year last night. Uh, probably the win over the bucks back in like November was probably their, their best game, but um, they looked completely different. Like for the first time since I've been watching them all year, they got off to a, a good start. Like I didn't feel terrible about yeah. their, their first quarter performance. They were up like 12 to two. Like usually they're the team that gets blitzed right away. Uh, so th- there is some, you know, there, there's a little bit of spunk with this Lakers team heading into the break, but you know, the best case scenario for the Lakers is they get the seven or the eight seed. And I, I just don't think that's going to be a plus matchup for them either way. Now, you know, if it's like, if it's Denver LA in round one, like you can already see the quotes from LeBron and AD, like they'll, they're going to say they're not scared of the nuggets. And I, I get all that. Um, but I, I don't think they win that series. I just, I just don't think they do. I don't I, trust this team to beat good teams. I mean, I, I, I agree I just, I really liked what they did at the deadline. I don't like, I don't know if I'm like drinking the Kool-Aid, but they have like a legitimate group of guys now. Like if, like if they had started the year with this team, I think we would all, I think, first of all, I think their record would be a lot different. I think they'd be probably closer to like the actual middle of the West. And I think we'd be talking differently about them. And I watched, I watched that game last night, ironically against the Pelicans. And I I mean, the D'Lo edition looks really good. And, um, like he had a lot of great lobs to AD. I just, I like what they've done. So like, I don't, I I think they have a legitimate chance to make some noise. Like we talked about before how I, I don't, before the deadline that if they got matched up against Sacramento, that I think there's a strong chance Lakers will win that series partially because I'm just not like a Sacramento guy. Now, after the deadline, if they got matched up, I don't know what the odds would be. And of course you're never getting great odds on the Lakers. Cause they're the Lakers. Yeah. But I think that that's like a coin flip series to me. And um, yeah, I think they beat Sacramento. I, I don't have a problem saying that. I, I just think there's a big difference between Sacramento and Denver or Phoenix. Um, I mean, it, if they get into the play and that's the other thing is like, if they make the play in, let's say it's, you know, as of right now, it would be like Dallas, New Orleans, golden state and the Lakers. Like, is that 50-50 to even get out of that? I, I don't know. There's just too much too much variance with the Lakers to me. There is there is a lot of variance, but I like what they've done, man. I, I don't I don't know what else to say. Yeah. No, me too. I, Malik Beasley, to me, is like just having somebody who you can rely on to knock down open threes. Like, he had a couple wide open threes on passes from LeBron last night that I've seen. I've seen Austin Reeves and Troy Brown miss that exact shot yep. like 300 times this year. Um, so like that, it's just little things like that. And obviously, yeah, Russell's look great. Um, I'm with you. He had some really good lobs to AD. Like he had two lobs last night that I thought were shots because they were like, they were just perfectly, uh, you know, kind of in the flow of things. And I I thought I'm like, wow, that was a bad miss. You know, you know, watching the replay, um, he he already has that chemistry with AD. So 
Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the Lakers did what they could. I, I just think they're in too big of a hole at this point already. But we'll see. I mean, if they come out, if they win 10 of their first 12 out of the All-Star break, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they, they're, they're not that buried, I guess, in the Western Conference. Like, it looks bad now. They're in 13th place. They've kind of been stuck there for the last few weeks. But as has been the case for a long time, they are less than four games out of the six seed. So I, I think they know that that's attainable. Uh, with all that said, I'm, I'm still not taking the Lakers. I don't think there's that much upside. I'm going to go with the Heat. Uh, the Miami Heat, that is. Uh, they're they're just kind of lurking. They're hanging out in seventh right now. They still have this just wild injury report night to night. They might bring in Russell Westbrook, in which case this will be voided, and I will no longer be taking the Heat. But I, I still think this is like a, a pretty good team, and it, it just doesn't really feel like we've seen them at their full Miami Heatness the entire year. They were a shot away from making the finals a season ago. And they're one of those teams that if it's, if it's Philly Miami as the three, six in round one, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Philly wants to see that team, right? Like Miami's not going to back down. So if like, I don't think the heat can win the finals, but if the goal now is just get a team that can maybe advance to round two or make, make a run to the East finals. I, I, I trust Miami over Brooklyn, over the Knicks, over the Hawks, over the Raptors. That's completely fair. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's just, we've been talking about the heat the same way for what feels like half a decade. Just like you, yep. this is the team you don't want to see in the first round, you know, not that we ever really picked them to win the finals, but they're just, they're so well coached. Um, they, they play defense first, um, ton of energy, everything like that. And yeah, the injuries have really, have really messed them up. And, you know, basically Duncan Robinson being a zero is weird, but they've, they've made it work with like Max Struess and, and guys like that. Yeah, they're one of those teams that just, you know, if they get healthy at the right time, uh, you know, I think defensively they can hold up against just about anybody. So, uh, you know, with my last pick, throwing a little bit of a Hail Mary there. But, you know, Miami infrastructure-wise is just a team that I trust. Would, so, Would you take the Lakers at this point? Like what? Like how far down are the Lakers pick? for you? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't – there's just something broken about this team. And we maybe I need to see more of a sample, I guess, with the new guys in because I've watched so much of the Lakers before the trades that I was, I would totally out on the idea of, well, if LeBron and AD are healthy at the same time. Who knows? Like that wasn't enough. That team was so bad that even when those guys were healthy and playing well, they still couldn't beat good teams. Uh, so I need to see it. You know, they're, they're definitely better than they were before the break. Um, but I, I need to see them win some games. So yeah, I guess if, if we, if we were going out to another pick, yeah, I would take the Lakers here. I would take them over those Eastern conference teams that I mentioned. I would pick them over the Kings. I would take them over the Timberwolves. Um, who else is on the board? I, yeah, I take them over like Utah, OKC, of course. Right. Yeah. And then the other, I mean, if you're talking East, it's basically you're down to like Hawks, Raptors, Knicks. And the um, Nets, technically. But yeah, I don't, I don't and, really well, view the Nets as a true contender. I don't, <laughs> absolutely not. But I mean, they're, they're deep and they, you know, they can play some good defense. I mean, they, you know, they had a nice game against Miami mm-hmm. last night, um, held Miami to 103, which was pretty nice. So, but yeah, I don't. I mean, if, if I'm picking them to like win playoff series, I just they're just they're they're an unknown commodity at this point. So in summation, you ended up with the Suns, Celtics, Sixers, Warriors, Cavs, and Pelicans. I have the Bucks, Nuggets, Clippers, Mavs, Grizzlies, and Heat. We will write these down somewhere. I'll keep them in a document. Uh, you'll probably have to remind me come the finals to to tally everything up. I, I feel like your team right now has got to be like minus two and a half games one over mine. Um, like I think getting the first pick is big because you get two out of Sun Celtics and Bucks. Um, but I, you know, I, I think an interesting exercise nonetheless. And I, I think we 
we kind of naturally drew a line as far as what are the teams that we actually feel good about. I agree. Speaking of uh, things we have to check back on, I just opened up our mid-season fantasy draft in Ooh. fan tracks. Uh, frequent listeners of the pod will remember that we drafted like a mid-season team kind of before the deadline. Maybe we should have waited until after the deadline. Um, your team is leading 13 to 11 in Roto points uh, as a heads up. So very, uh, very contentious right now. Wow. Um, I, I forgot. About, I forgot we loaded those teams up. Yeah. I'm just really wiping the floor with you right now here. Um, <laughs> I guess you have, all right, is your, yeah, you have Curry, right? So that's I have Curry. You. Yeah. Curry's killing me. I, I have KD, but you have, um, you, well, DeRozan should be back. You have Towns. I mean, you may not get Towns back until March. You don't know that. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know when he's coming back. <laughs> no, you're right. Nobody I know so he's coming. Back. Yeah. I've had the health advantage thus far in the in the short term. Although I do have Tatum, you know, he's been sick, missed a game right, on Wednesday. Yeah. Um yeah, I I, th- I think you might have the slight edge in, in that one as well. Um you know, do, you, do you have Jokic in that league? Yes, you I do. You have Jokic and a beat. My goodness. How did I let you get Jokic and a beat? <laughs> I, I don't I know, man. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this thing up. I got to hop on Beeson. Uh, you will be back with Mike Barner on the pod tomorrow, correct? Yep. Okay, looking forward to that. Ken's out at FSGA. Shannon's also out at FSGA. But uh, you and Mike will have the usual Friday pod to do the waiver wire. Uh, we'll get that up on YouTube as well. So uh, we thank everybody who watches those videos. Uh, that'll still be up uh, as usual. And then uh, we'll have a, a unique week next week uh, with the All Star break. You know, no games, I believe, until Thursday. So. Uh, we'll still have the pods, but we'll do something early next week, Alex. We can recap All-Star Weekend, uh, recap what, what should be just a riveting dunk contest. Uh, with Ma- I did see Mac McClung today said he has two dunks that have never been done in any dunk contest ever, by the way. Wow. I'm so, excited. Yeah, I'm fired up. I mean, Julius Randle <laughs> in the three-point contest, Mac McClung in the dunk contest. Doesn't get any better than that. But we'll be back next week uh, recapping that and then keep an eye out for the Friday episode with Barner and Barutha. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.